Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Leslie. And welcome to Quince. A little sweet. A little tart. And a little unexpected. It is Thursday, July the 28th, 2016. And we have been busy, 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 busy. Oh, tell me about it. We've had a lot of fun. Well, I went, I came and had lunch with you today. That was so nice. That yeah. was a great surprise. And it's something why I hadn't done that before, but most of the time I dashed to Stewart which is the town where I go get groceries sometimes, and then I rush back home. And today I just was not in the mood. I know. It was nice to see you relax. Yeah, it was really fun. So um, I had heard you talking about Elizabeth's Pizza, which has been down in Patrick Springs for quite a while. A couple years now, I think. And I'd never been. Oh. And so after I uh, visited a couple of shops, which we'll talk about in Stuart, I went down to Elizabeth's and I got a pizza. It was delicious. It was really good. The people there are nice. They are very nice. Very, very sweet. Because I'm, you know, I'm in a strange place to me. And I'm asking them all these questions about what's the best thing to do and all of that. And then your uh, friend and co-worker, Lisa, was there. Yes. With her lovely mother. Uh, Melba Spencer. Yes. Such a sweet lady. Sweet lady. And Lisa had a plate of a salad concoction that was absolutely gorgeous. Because I hadn't been there, so I didn't know, you know, like pizza. Okay, great. Oh, you yeah. Know, I'm, glad, great. I'm glad you brought pizza Absolutely. Well, well, it's a little easier to transport in the heat. But it was beautiful. Mm. It was a really nice-looking salad. The prices were quite reasonable. They are. Yeah, and so Elizabeth's Pizza in Patrick Springs, if you're in the area, it's a little hard to see. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's in an old, an older shopping center. It used to be a grocery store there, and it, but it's right next to the post office. When I looked it up online, um, that's what they said. It was right next to the post office. That's how I found it. It's handy for us at the rental time. Absolutely, it's probably really mm-hmm. the closest thing, except mm-hmm. for the little convenience store mm-hmm. we have. Yes, and Kreitz Grocery does. You know, it does wonderful French fries oh, that's and right. they do have things that. like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So we're lucky to have them too. But. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other thing I did, I went to Stewart. I went downtown, uptown, I went uptown, and um, they really do have an up and downtown to Stewart. It is a very defined up and downtown area. And I went to Maddie B's. Oh, that's a lovely shop. Lovely little uh, gift shop type shop with lots of interesting clothing. And I bought a couple of little um, little ceramic plates with uh, antique looking um, insects on it. A butterfly and a dragonfly. Oh, you'll have to take a picture and yeah, share with our people. Yeah, I should take a picture people. of those. They were really pretty. You could use them for almost anything. Uh, I was thinking to use them to put my little tea bag in. Well, you do drink a lot of tea. I do drink a lot of tea. <laughs> and I used to have all these cute little thingies, and they have gone away. I don't know where they are. They just kind of wandered away from me. And then I went to Home Comforts. Oh, yes. Which we're... is a friend of yours. Sam Floyd has that. And uh, another delightful shop, and I bought a candle. Well, that's quite quite a big jump for you to go and buy a candle. Well, it was quite a nice candle. I went in and uh, I didn't want to have yarn, and I have books, and I didn't want something that would make a scent that was heavy. Right. Because you can buy a lot of stuff really cheap, but it's cheap. I don't. I don't like cheap candles. Yeah, I have problems. They give with, me a headache. Yeah, I have problems with allergies too, and then you have to think of your customers. So I told him, you know, my problem. Well, he suggested this candle that smells. They called it whiskey and tobacco. Woo-hoo. So it sort of smells like grandfather's library. Exactly. I thought, well, that's perfect for our bookstore that sells yarn. Because mm-hmm. I can't wait to light it and see what it's like. And um, the um, what's it, your mama gonna think? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see what she says. But he says it's mostly um, it's not real a tobacco, like a fruity tobacco, scent, like a maybe? pipe, like a pipe tobacco, which I love. And then the the whiskey note was more like a sweet. Mm-hmm. So it was. Hopefully, when y'all come in, you're not gonna think booze. 
So, <laughs> so anyway, I really enjoyed well, that. Well, that's all right. You know, we have a Jack Daniels truffle at Nancy's Candy now. That's right. And yeah. it is so popular. It's oh, turned it's into good. one of our most popular truffles. I it, bet it's good. It is good, and I don't even like whiskey. Really? Uh, but I love that Jack Daniels truffle. Oh, I have truffle. to try that. Yes. I remember years ago, somebody gave Daddy some... Um, Whiskey-filled chocolates. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, and he cut off the top and drank it and then gave us the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember that right. Like, yes, people would give those to us and my mother would throw them out. Oh, she, Even yeah. if it was just the, the taste, right. you know, like brandied fruit exactly. or uh, even rum butter lifesavers. She's like, yeah. what if you like the flavor? It uh, might be your I, downfall. I, I miss butter rum lifesavers. Me too. Now I that, don't think they make them anymore, do oh, they? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen them in years. I have to go on a hunt. I, I bet they do. I bet they They were my do. favorite, mm -hmm. but I haven't seen them in years. I hadn't thought about them in years oh, either. Oh, sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, I know, but they were my very favorite lifesavers. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, butter rum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I never... You know, we ate them when we were kids, but we never thought about the rum part. Right. You know, yeah. really didn't have any idea of it. So, but yeah, I don't know that my mother really approved of those uh, chocolates, but, you know, they were so little in them. Ah, no. I... You know. <laughs> so, what have you been up to? Well, it was a nice day at work. It was lovely to see you. And then I had a mother and daughter grown mother uh, and daughter, probably in their 70s, 50s, mm -hmm. uh, couple who came, they came over from Danville for a tour. Maybe. And they had pre-scheduled it, and I knew they were coming, and I was thinking, okay, you know, a standard tour. Turns out, an hour and 45 minutes, we were giving each other hugs. We had All so right. much fun. They were two history nerds. Cool. Ah, just like me. Awesome. And we had a blast. Yeah. So that always energizes you. Absolutely. And the other thing I was doing today was getting um, um, getting ready. We're having 62 teachers and employees of an elementary school in another county are coming over ah. for our challenge course. Mm -hmm. We have a low ropes yeah. challenge. And... I'm not trained on that, but I can be a facilitator, mm -hmm. so I will have the groups, when they're not up on the equipment, they'll be with me doing some activities. Interesting. Uh -huh, it really is, and yeah. it, it builds teamwork mm -hmm. and appreciation or some of the weaknesses when we don't trust our co-workers, yeah. that sort of thing. So I'm learning, so I'm excited. I'm That's still in that yeah. phase of learning. Yeah. And the other thing I was working on was um, Arts Fusion for yeah. August, my Alzheimer's Pro, the Alzheimer's program that I do. I shouldn't say my because yeah. that's it's all part of well, the, the big you're picture. You're Reynolds Homestead. You're right. Yeah. Right. Know. But I am the one who does right. it. Yeah. Um, and I decided that I was going to do large letter postcards. So I was blowing them up to print them. So you know these are all older people. Yeah. And then see all the little pictures within the letters. Oh, yes. Interesting. Yes, so yeah. I'm excited. That'll yeah. be good. Lots going on. Yes. Yep. So uh, right now in Medicine Dan, we have Toy Fest. Going on as we speak. As we speak. Uh, I started seeing people yesterday, but I mm -hmm. imagine they may have been coming in even earlier. I saw them Tuesday night when I went to Felicia's to spiritual yeah. group. Yeah. They were parking, and you know what? I was jealous. Yeah. I thought, I want to be in one of those tents on the edge of the woods, Absolutely. getting ready to listen to music for four days. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, The weather looks like it's going to cooperate with them fairly well. There will probably be a, a few thunderstorms in the afternoons, but when it gets this warm in the mountains, you get thunderstorms. Yes. It's just a given. You know, yeah. and um, the years that I worked there at the festival, everybody was so good-humored. 
That's right. Hey, Ray, so what? <laughs> <laughs> we're slogging around in mud. So what? That's right. <laughs> of course, it was kind of tough on them when they were trying to get their cars out of the fields and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, I think they've uh, improved a lot of that from what I understand. I, we were guessing how many years has it been since? 16 years? I'd say, let's see, I know. At least, well, yeah, I know Grandpa was still alive the first year. Mm. And he died in 2003. Okay, well, when I moved here, I remember Floyd Fest. Yeah, and I've and been here 15 been, years. Yeah, and it had already been going mm -hmm. on a little bit. Yeah, or yeah. it might have even been the first year. Yeah, yeah, I'm I not sure. Know. But I, I know the first year Grandpa was still with us. Yes. Because I was still looking after him. Well, and, so you know, I think they had. They average now about 14,000. Yeah, they say they really want to, they only have enough room for X number of people. So. Well, the year I went, they had 19,000. Yeah, maybe and it was too it many. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think they tried to kind of keep it, they only sell X number of tickets mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Because if it gets this too, there's only, it's in a beautiful location right on the edge of the mountain mm -hmm. on the Blue Ridge Parkway. But logistics of getting people in and out on a tiny dirt road mm -hmm. is interesting. It's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, so they use buses. I saw a, Boy, a couple of Boy Scout buses in town uh, for going back and forth. And they park people off the premises in right. different farms and different properties and then bus people back and forth. Yeah. So um, it works, but sometimes it gets a little crazy. Mm -hmm. Hats off to them. Absolutely. Oh, they've been doing a marvelous job for quite a long Greg time. Greg Allman's going to be there. So I we're saw talking. that. We're yeah. talking. Well, from day one, they started. They were huge. Mm -hmm. uh, they had great bands from the first. Mm -hmm. You know, they they didn't start small. They just went with it. You know, they've always had really good people. All right. So let's, um, have we got anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that, okay. that'll do. Well, let's go into a little suite, which is knitting content. Oh. Knitting content for your folks. And I finished the Raina shawl. It is gorgeous. It is very pretty. I'm so glad you can, we can take pictures and We're gonna share take this. Pictures. So I don't know if you can see the shape. It's like almost a bat wing. A bat wing. Uh-huh. I was telling Leslie that I think it would look lovely on about an eight, nine-year-old girl Ooh, as a shawl. Yeah, it's really as well size, as, yeah. as well as yeah. what, whatever you folks do yeah. with. Yeah, it's really a neckerchief size. A neckerchief. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I guess you could have kept going, but... Oh, um, it's gorgeous. I didn't have a ton of yarn left. So, and this is an unplanned peacock. Um, Gummy Shark is the color. Mm. And uh, the yarn is just, it's got enough Christmas that I'm not even, yeah, I haven't cut that off. But <laughs> uh, the it's got enough Christmas that I'm not sure I'm even going to really have to block it. Because the... Um, what does crisp, oh, crisp? Crispness. The yarn is crisp. Or has definition enough that you see the stitches well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to block things that are wool because it's stretch it out. And I might block it because the edge is curling just a little. So, but I was very pleased with how that went. And it has a um, if you get the pattern, it has a really interesting bind off. Uh, it's it probably has a name, but I don't know it. You knit a stitch. And then, um, well, you basically knit a stitch, and then you knit, put that one back on, or slip a stitch, knit a stitch, you put it back on the, uh, the left needle, and then you knit them both together. And then you repeat that all the way across, and it makes a stretchy binding. Oh, that's how you yeah. do that. Uh -huh, so that it's not tight. A lot of people do uh, have trouble with when they bind off, they get it too tight. And then you've got a puckered, um, or just not a edge that's the same as the other edges. So this this edge looks just the same as the other edges. See, I never even thought about yeah. it. never occurred to me that that would be an yeah. issue. Yeah, and it can definitely be an issue. Some things that I bind off, if it's a regular bind off, I use a larger needle so that it won't be tight. So then... You know, I said last time that I was going to do the Chinese tile scarf that was in the spinoff that I 
in it that I uh, reviewed. Now I have this lovely yarn. It's from Queensland. Um, Queensland, collection. Australia? Well, I'm not sure. It's the Queensland collection. And um, I'm not sure whether it comes from Australia or not. It is beautiful. It's very pretty. And it's the Uluhu cotton blend yarn. I don't know how you say that. In fingering weight. So I started the Chinese um, tile scarf in this yarn. I hated it. You hate it? I hated the way it looked. But whatever that is on your needles, gorgeous. Yeah, it's a different thing. As I, I started the Chinese uh, tile scarf in this yarn. But I don't know, um, if you look it up online, this yarn has a little bit of a wave to it. It's kind of kinky. Uh, with a um, pattern, a lace pattern, that uh, has yarn overs, which is what a lace pattern is, the, um, the pattern did not show. Oh. And it, the yarn is just fizzy enough that it obscured the pat the, the colors. It was totally obscured the pattern. So I went back on Ravelry, and I found this uh, pattern that I had marked that I wanted to do, and it's called Zigzag. Zigzag. That's uh -huh. beautiful. And it's a ripple, you know, a ripple pattern. It's it's very simple. It's just five stitches, and then you knit two together. And then four stitches and you do an increase all the way across and that makes a ripple effect and you use two separate yarns now the two that I'm using are not very defined in color so it's a very subtle marbles look oh it's beautiful which I liked a lot it the, is marble though it looks yeah. like a counter uh-huh yeah it looks like a it looks like a marble the uh, sort of um, uh, rock formation we were talking about rock formations a while back so I really like the way that's turning out. It's not as defined as the samples on Ravelry, but I'll put a picture up so we can talk about that. So what will that be someday? This will be a scarf. It's going to be kind of a wide scarf, but it'll be a scarf. So, uh, and I've got oh, lots I don't, of yarn. I don't think you can make a scarf too wide. No, no, I think this will be good. It'll be, it's going to be maybe a tad wider than the nine inches that um, they recommend. But, uh, you know, with scarves, you don't matter. it doesn't matter. And I'll just knit until I run out. Or until I decide it's long enough. And then I'll have yarn left over to make something else. Mm. Now, could you use that to make gloves? I could, mm. yeah. It's pretty fine. It might take a while to make a, a pair. Of, if I have enough left over, I might make a pair of fingerless mitts in that ruffle pad. So what would you use? Something socks? Something? What would you? Well, use? I'm I'm looking at for the Chinese tile. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at maybe using one of Natasha's because hers are. She has a nice round, even, uh, fingering weight yarn. The um, pattern, the original pattern, calls for hand spun, but it was hand spun singles that had been fold or um, shrunk a little. To Do give you make those? I could, if, but you know, it just takes so long. <laughs> and all of the yarn that I make, I sell. Right. Yeah, so right now I'm spinning some Angora that I mm -hmm. hand dyed and yeah. cut off the rabbits. It's too precious to keep for yourself. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But I might, I have done a few things by my, for myself with hand spun. And then I um, looked up some stuff online that I wanted to talk about, and I want to go back and find them. This is on Etsy, Etsy.com, mm -hmm. and it's made by It's Vera, and it is a ring, it's a three-loop knitting ring. Yeah, there's a picture. Put on my glasses here. Yeah, and it's just really, I was trying to get it to make a big picture, but it didn't. Really, really pretty thing. And you put it on the end of your finger, your finger that holds the yarn, and it helps control the tension. Oh. And she had a couple of videos that some of her uh, people that um, had bought, purchased it put on Instagram, and it was really neat the way it worked. It works for both throwing and it works for the Continental, which is what I do. And it looks to me like it might have worked a little better for the Continental, but that's what I'm used to seeing. 
and it's also very pretty. Huh. Now, is this something totally new? Yeah, I had never seen anything like that. I thought that was just a really neat um, thing. And then she's got three loops on it, so you can use three skeins of yarn. Or, um, you know, if you're knitting three together or if you're knitting color work, um, it may work that way. So I think that would be a fun thing. It's $48.99. It is handmade, so it is not inexpensive. Could you make one? No. What's it made out of? It's plastic? metal. It's metal. Yeah. Yeah, it is metal. Yeah, I could not make one. And um, she's also got some little filigree work on it. Mm. So I don't know if it's like made from an old spoon or something. I don't know. Whether she... It says, send the size of your index finger just below where your nail is. And it... Um, oh, gosh. So they are, they are custom made. Yeah, custom made for the person. Wow. Yeah. And then um, the loops on the ring are open on, slightly on one side to get the yarn in and out easily. Because if you know you start and you're seeing it, you have to stay with it forever. And you might not want that. Some yarn bowls are like that. Then you just put the yarn through and then you're stuck with the yarn bowl um. until you run out of yarn. So... Um, and then she has several, if you want to see how it um, Now, where works. is this person from? Oh, I don't know she says. Where she's actually I'm lives. sorry. I yeah, that's know. okay. I, I should have looked to see if she says where she's from. Oh, Canada. In Hamilton, Canada. And the shop is called It's Vera. And she has a lot of different, she has an original knit ring with one loop and then a two loop knitting ring and then um, a copper knitting ring so she's making it out of different things so the one I the one that caught my eye was the silver colored one with the little leaf pattern on it nice yeah so I thought that was just lovely and then um, the most gorgeous pattern on Ravelry right now. I, uh, I think it was um, Ray Jean, one of my friends, put it on her Facebook page. It's a shawl. I'm hooked on shawls. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't it gorgeous? Mm -hmm. It's the silver leaf um, shawl pattern by Lisa Haynes. And uh, it was published in Martha Designs, but it is available online uh, for four dollars or four whatever euro things. Uh -huh. But you know, you can. And who knows what they are these days? Yeah, so you know, it might be about four dollars and fifty-five cents. And uh, so, of course, she's a European designer, but uh, she does do U.S. needle sizes to tell you know. European, well, English needle sizes are different than oh, really? knitting needle. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so... Uh, are Europeans or just England? Well, I'm not sure about that. Uh, but I know the English needle sizes are different. And hmm. I've run across it in patterns. As, but she does do U.S. needle sizes. So she, uh, she knows her market is. And it's in a sport weight yarn. And she uses Madeline Tosh and Malabrego. But you can use anything, of course. That um, and the gauge is not hugely um, important, but I think if you you might have a problem doing, I think it wouldn't be quite as pretty in, in a fingering weight. I think you would really, I think this, and you'd also want to be sure you used a yarn that showed your stitch definition. So gauge, gauge, gauge. Do swatches so that you know because this. Um, leaf pattern on this is just really pretty. Oh, that's what makes it. Yeah. All right, I think that was everything I had for um, well, good today. I know that our knitting listeners yeah. enjoy that a yeah. lot. Yeah. And I'm learning. Yeah. I don't know a thing about it, but no, I'm learning. We might get you knitting something. Well, I don't know about that, but at least I can <laughs> I can talk now to all my knitting friends and yeah. understand some of some what, what they they're say. talking about. Yep. So, all right. So that's a little sweet. 
And then now we have a little tart. Uh, Beth has been uh, very good about telling people that we're going to talk about discontinued post offices. Yes. And I'm sure people don't realize that discontinued post offices is a thing for collectors. Absolutely. DPOs, also known as dead post offices. Dead post offices, yep. Uh, the first time I was out of show, and I had my box of postcards that I'm so proud of. This very first time I'd ever done a postcard show. And I'm so proud of, you know, I've arranged exactly. everything. This guy gets the box. He turns it backwards and starts looking at the back of yes. the card. Oh, like, that happened to me, yeah. too. Yeah, I was like, what is he doing? Is he looking for a particular person? You know, maybe that had written the postcard, which really a reach but you know or I had town. Yeah, or, yeah and so I didn't know what he was looking for was the postmark he had a little book and he had memorized a lot of the ones in Virginia oh, yes. and he had a little book and then he'd run into one that he thought might be he would look it up in his little book and it held discontinued post office post offices that no longer exist in the, in all the fifty states, absolutely, it it is definitely a big collector. Yeah, well, the the same fellow, um, you know, I got to talking to him because I was really interested in what he was doing, and he came all the way to Memphis and Dan because I had a big box of old envelopes, oh. and he went through my box of envelopes looking for this continued post office, to, and he paid me for the ones that he wanted. <laughs> oh yes yeah. oh they definitely pay yeah and I have no idea where he was from you know but he made a special trip up here and had lunch in, in town and you know sure. saw the antique shop and so it was really interesting to have that happen well when you're on a quest yeah as any collector knows that is just the most fun day in the world absolutely yeah he brought a friend and uh, mm -hmm. and we had a really good time the really personable people the, it, the, that's part of what's great about all this stuff is you meet some interesting people along you the sure way. do well oddly enough Meadows of Damien has had several post offices in its existence Tell us about some of those. Yeah, uh, the Medicine Post Office was established in 1851. And as far as uh, the, uh, I talked to Addie Wood, who mm -hmm. was the, um, ran the Mayberry Trading Post in the old Mayberry Post Office and General Store Building forever. She lived to be uh, maybe over 100. I can't remember exactly. Lovely, lovely lady. And so I talked about and made a bunch of notes years ago and found them and drug them out and um, she had written to the Postal Service asking about the history of um, post offices in Medizadan because she had the store and it was uh, it was one of the post offices there was no record before 1851 oh. and the theory is that uh, the theory of the person she was corresponding with was that before the main road came through, they kind of sent the um, the mail just kind of casually as they could across because we we were settled, you know, by 1820 or in 1820 was the first settlement, so they went without a post office for 30 years. Oh my goodness, that's you know. pretty rare. Yeah, you know, so uh, or at least a recorded post office for about 30 years which I never really thought about it so it may have been you know the mail can Hillsville was a bigger town and they maybe office. had a rural yeah delivery and so well they didn't really have a recorded rural delivery but it could be that you know if John Sheeler got a, a letter or a mail or something and it came into Stewart that they might have sent it by a freight wagon mm -hmm. and said you know find John Sheeler and give it to me. So he probably didn't have an address. Mm. So, yeah. Wow, so 1851, yeah, that's pretty late. That's pretty late. And it was in the home of James Reynolds. And it was near your house. Oh, really? The, the first, um, the, the James Reynolds um, property is down here, uh, not far from Round Meadow. You know some of the Reynoldses that it belongs yes. to. Yes. Or descended from, mm -hmm. uh, from him. Uh, so that was the very first one, and um, apparently, as um, 
when he gave it up or whatever, it went into the home of another person somewhere not far away from here. And then another person. There were several different places, different homes that it was, um, and I didn't make notes of all the names, I should have, of the people that were postmasters. And this was the Meadows of Dan. It was the Meadows of Dan Post Office. Wow. That's what it was called, but it was right down here on Round Meadow. And then when um, the Danville Whistle Turnpike came through, which is Route 58 mm -hmm. now, it happened that the gentleman that had the post office was down on Dan River, on the, way over on the other side of the town, mm -hmm. and he, he moved it up onto the Danville Whistle Turnpike, very close to where it is now. Or close to Cochran's Mill, or well, actually, right there where where it is now, right in that area where the bank and the post office. I, mm -hmm. I should take a picture for our people mm -hmm. that are not from around here, and uh, it's in at a uh, a main um, intersection, uh, Willis Road that goes eventually to Floyd, which is another big town, and this Danville Westfield Turnpike that went from Stewart to Hillsville. Right. Yeah. So that was the first place. So, um, Tobax, which you have seen um, the, sign. the sign, in the meantime, after the uh, post office left that area, which is close to where you are, uh, a citizen there said, we need a post office, mm -hmm. because the, the post office was so far away, right. it was four now it miles. Was, yes. Yeah, it was, well, it's not quite four miles. No, it would now. be, it'd be two. Yeah, but still, it was a long way away. That's that right, time. when you're walking. When you were walking, <laughs> or, or uh, you know. So they put up Tobax, and Tobax, from what Addie said, was just a made-up name. T-O-B-A-X. Yes, and she thought that the Postal Service actually made up the name. I've heard they did that. Yeah, yeah. They, they just, somebody said uh, they thought it was tobacco and axe put hmm. together, but I think they just made up the name, and... It should, yes, it's going to be called Tobax, and it's going to be right here. And that was um, put in place in 1886. And um, it was discontinued in 1907, so it really didn't last long. Because by that time, you know, the roads had improved. That's the other reason two miles was so far. Yeah. As people back um, in the day, the farmers basically kept up the roads. And so when they would get money, and if they were busy, right. they would get to it when they had time. <laughs> and that would have been Squirrel Spur or yeah, something. Yeah, that such. would have been the, uh, they called it John Sheila Road, I think, for a while before oh. it was Squirrel Spur. But it did eventually go out. A spur is a chunk of mountain that sticks out. Mm-hmm. And the road goes down that spur. We have a lot of spurs we around here. We have a here. lot of spurs. And you know, even growing up in West Virginia, I didn't know that term. Really? So I moved here. Well, but you may not have had spurs like well, we or, do now. Because this is, we're at the edge of a plateau. We are right, on a plateau. On, exactly. Which is kind of, people, when I say I live on a plateau, people immediately think about west. Mm -hmm. You know, but we're on the edge of a plateau, and fingers of the mountain reach out into the uh, tide water. They really do. Yeah. No, Piedmont. Yeah, yeah, that's the Piedmont, Yeah, well, yeah, Piedmont. they reach out into the Piedmont, and those are spurs. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so it makes sense. Yeah. So, um, but that all right, and then the Mayberry Post Office, which was not far down the road from um, Tomax, less than a mile. Well, or maybe maybe about the same amount. Of course, if it was the old road, it was the old road. It was. It'd be end up being a couple miles. Yeah, so it was a couple of miles. Um, Mayberry Post Office was established in 1872, and it spent some of its time in people's homes, but mostly in the um, Mayberry store, mm -hmm. which was, um, you know, the, the Scots had the Mayberry store, and that it was everything. These stores were everything That's to the communities. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah, they carried everything you would possibly need. And you'd be able to afford to buy. They bought chestnuts. They traded chestnuts for um, goods. They bought chickens. They bought um, boys would um, trap rabbits. 
They bought the eggs, pelts. yeah, mm -hmm. uh, for pelts, and they would trade. They traded out with the greater, the larger world. Absolutely, yeah. and they were the center of the these center little of villages. There was um, the po politics. The uh, a lot of these stores served as polling places. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they were really probably the only community building in a lot of these communities. Even though they would be private stores, right. the fact they were a U.S. post office right. made them a community. Yeah. And that part of it was the yeah. federal government. Exactly. In so, fact, that's, yeah. I remember in West Virginia talking with several people who owned these little stores and this would have been, say, 1960s, yeah. when they were getting ready to close them all. 1968, there mm. was a huge closing across the United States. Yeah. And the owner saying it was being a postal employee that oftentimes kept the stores alive because exactly. they didn't really sell that much bread and milk and Absolutely. gasoline or whatever. Yeah, but the, you know, in these tiny little towns, my grandmother lived in Balanchie. And there was a little store in a post office when I was small. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you, when I remember going through there, there was a little store and post office. It was wonderful. And that was all. Yes. And, and then the surrounding farms, mm -hmm. but of course I couldn't see them. They were up on hills. and So I don't know how many people were in that area. It was a, a very much a prestigious Absolutely. job to be the postmistress Absolutely. or postmaster. In fact, a lot of women. Yeah, we had a lot of women in the yes. past uh, that had them. Mm -hmm. the and, and, of course, if you were a widow lady with a bunch of children, that would be a godsend. Oh, yes. To get the postal con post office contract. Yes. Is, uh, probably, I don't know if it paid all of, you know, $12 a year or something. But, but still. But still. It was the, folding money. Absolutely. It wasn't chestnuts or belts. Absolutely. And there were a lot of other little post offices in the area. Uh, there was one called Monday, and it was mm -hmm. near Mabry Mill. Oh, and then there was one called Cruise in Vesta, and it didn't last very long, but it was there because there was a, a, a school that I didn't know about. I need to, uh, I had a note that uh, Addie had put down that there was a school down there, and I didn't really know about it. It was like a high school with oh. a lot of students, like 100 students. Really? And I, I didn't write down the note. This was back when I was a teenager right. that I was talking to her. I, I probably but, made the notes for a high school um, I used to write papers, you know, and I would write about local. You know, if you got an assignment to write an essay, I would write right. about something local. And what year would that school have been there? And back in the 1870s? It was right around early 1900s. Early yeah, 1900s. Early wow. 1900s. So I need to investigate that. I did not know about that. I didn't remember about that. And then we still have the Ballard section. Mm -hmm. And that had a post office and a phone exchange. Still has the phone exchange. Still has the phone exchange. And then there, that, so it was near the parkway in Belcher Mountain. And then there was one called Quite mm -hmm. near Royal Fork. Uh, and uh, one in the Pinnacles. Really? In the, well, probably along, um, it was further down Squirrel Spur, probably where our friends that live in the Pinnacles uh, development it was in that area. Wow. Because that, that was a big farm at one time. Oh. Yeah, so we're talking the edge of the mountain. The folks. edge of the mountain, <laughs> the rattlesnakes live. <laughs> and you were said the Hemlock, uh, where you have your our cabin, the little town of Hemlock, West Virginia. When I was a little girl in the nineteen sixties, we used to go up and stay at our cabin, and we could walk the it was about half mile mile up to the yellow store real country store and it had the post office and we would write we'd tear off a piece of birch and would write our letters back to ourselves postcards uh -huh. and put a stamp on it and mail it from hemlock back to our home in buchanan 20 miles away oh that's cool I, oh it would be fun yeah we love doing that and we could get a 
get a popsicle and, oh, yeah. you know, a loaf of bread or whatever. And then we turn around and, and uh, head back. And Hemlock at that time, uh, it had a two-room schoolhouse that closed, I believe, in 67, 68. The Little Methodist Church and this store post office. Mm -hmm. And that was the bay. those three things were the basis of the sure. community and probably, you know, a dozen, couple dozen families yeah. within a few miles radius. Right. Well, when they shut down that store and that post office and closed the little school, the church is the only thing still there. Wow. And I think their membership is Probably under yeah. twenty. Oh my goodness! Mm -hmm. yeah. At this point, and it's it was it was just so sad to yeah, see that, absolutely. and it wasn't just there. It yeah. was a lot of communities, right. and of course, everyone says the economics of it. It was yeah. crazy to have them, and I understand that. But on the other hand, I think that. Our sense of community has to start fairly small. And yeah. that's the beauty of Meadows of Dan. Absolutely. We are a small community. Right, but we do, we, we held on to our post office, it sounds like, by the skin of our teeth. Yes. Because we had a meeting, has it been two years ago now? I don't even know if it was that long ago. Yeah, it's not yeah. been all that long. And they have revamped the whole postal system. And one of the revamping is we basically lost our postmaster. Right. And she's still here. Part-time now. Yeah, but part-time, though. She's a local girl. Incredibly smart, wonderful to oh, work with. Yeah. I don't know what we'd do without Suzanne. Mm -hmm. Well, she helps us out as business people. Yes. And constantly. She's and gone above know, and beyond. And I think about that, and I think... Mez of Dan is not that small no. of a community. We have a winery. Yeah. We have a school. We have a chocolate factory. We, we have, have a bank. Met Rotometrics. We have a bank. Yeah. We've got, you know, a dozen other businesses. So plus, we're, uh, yeah, plus businesses like us that do a lot of mailing. Right, with eBay. and Yeah, and there are quite a few people that I meet there yeah. doing that sort of thing. Oh, yes. You know, so I... Uh, I, I we, just don't understand yeah. what, how that qualifies. Plus... About 3,000 people. Yeah. yeah. You know, in the wintertime, it does go way down. Well, but, but even still. voting, you know, we've got we've got 1,000 registered voters. Yeah. So I'm saying, how small do you have to be in America exactly. that you can't have a post office? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think they're taking it a little bit too far. I think so, because it, the efficiency of... Now, not the Meadows of Dam post office. They are extremely efficient still, even with the reduced hours. But the efficiency of the mail has dropped considerable since they made these changes. Mm -hmm. And I've been seeing some articles about, well, maybe we made a mistake. Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe they we sure shouldn't did. do that. Uh, because the bills are taking a lot longer to get to me. I only have a few. I'll do most of my billing online after this change because it was... The bills weren't getting to me in time. Right. I have one bill. All these people will not get into the 21st century <laughs> and do the direct withdrawal like the other people or let you pay online properly. So I have to wait for it to come from Kentucky. And then the one time I sent it without the little slip, they lost the payment. And right. I fought with them forever. And then I have to wait for the little slip to come. And sometimes it doesn't come until like two days before the bills do. And so then I'm late, and then they want to charge me. Right. Even and though it's postmarked. Mm -hmm. And there you have it with the U.S. Postal Service that is so wonderful on some levels. Oh, and absolutely. On other levels. Yeah, I have, ne I have never had, and knock on wood, I have never had a lost uh, item that I'm For eBay. Out. For mm -hmm. eBay or, mm -hmm. or from the website. I've been doing this now. 17, 16 years. Mm -hmm. I started in 1999. Mm -hmm. Selling books online. I have never, I had one that took 31 days to get across Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> but it got there. And, but I've never had anything get lost. 
Right. No, no. no I've never either. ordered anything that got lost. Yeah. That I was sure that got mailed. And so they do a tremendous job with the volume, but it, things are just getting a lot slower. And I, I still go back to that sense of community. Absolutely. Also. Yeah. Having that, having the bank and the post office are a big thing. That's right. Yeah. You know, because who remembers Monday as a town? No, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Who remembers that? Now, we remember Ballard. For some reason, it has held its name. Well, because it still has that still has darn yeah. uh, telephone. They're, they're long distance from the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. I used to live over there. Right. Drove me yeah. crazy. I said, I can't call my own courthouse without right. it being a long, a long distance, distance call. call. Yeah. They used to get tired of me complaining. Yeah, and a, a friend of mine, or Felicia's daughter, you know, after they moved there, all her friends, it was long distance. Mm -hmm. Now, for a teenager, that's, that's agony. That's right. You know, mm -hmm. so, of course, I guess by that time, cell phones had sort of started, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can imagine how that would have been to be long distance from all your friends. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we spent hours on the phone. Right? Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> you live a mile from them. Yeah, exactly. So. So you, you go to school with them, and you have to call them, and you get home. And then a place named Hoyt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, we remember Pinnacles because the Pinnacles of Dan. Right. You know, that, that's a landmark. And it's still a hiking yeah. area. And but nobody would remember Tobacks if it wasn't for Susie Betts setting up. Um, a sign. Yeah. She put a sign and then she built her um, woodworking shop about where the old post office used to be. Or one of the old post offices. Yes. Used to be. So, yeah, it does give you a sense of identity. Mm -hmm. For sure. Very interesting. Wow, I think that was that was great. Yeah, and I do have some discontinued post office um, items on my website at scrapsofamericanhistory.com. They're all Virginia, but they're mostly central and northern Virginia. If I had a discontinued one from here, I probably would not sell it, mm -hmm. but for sentimental reasons. Mm -hmm. But there were some in interesting places up in. Um, around Charlottesville and around um, the central sure. part. Same story. Same story. It's, um, and some of the uh, some of the towns I could find on Wikipedia as an existing community, mm -hmm. you know, population 12 or something like that. But so, And we do have the post office in Vesta still, but it's just a walk-in. Mm. Yeah. That's a whole nother ball game. That's some politics. Yeah, I, I figured that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we do have Moses and Dan and Buster Post Offices here. And then Law Fork has a post office. Mm -hmm. All right. So, that was a little tart. Now, we're going to do a little unexpected. Oh, I love that. That's my yeah. favorite. Yeah. And, um, this time, uh, again, we're doing a book review, and um, we read a book, uh, we read a story by Eudora Welting that um, is called, and it's probably one of her most famous stories. Mm -hmm, I think so. It's called Why I Live at the P.O. Yes. And it's, it was inspired by a picture she made. She, she was also a photographer, which I never knew that. Eudora Welty is a famous Southern writer. I'm sure everybody has heard of her. And uh, But I didn't realize she was a, also a photographer. I didn't know that until you told yeah. me. And so I did find a website. Um, it's famousphotographers.com. And then it's got a page on Eudora Welty. It's got a wonderful portrait of her. Oh, Yeah. yeah. And uh, but it also has about five examples of her work, and they're just amazing. So I'll put a link to it. I love that. Oh, one. yes, these photos are the southern life mm, basically. in the 19 what 50 40s, yeah, 40s, 40s, 50s, 30s, and 40s, probably mm -hmm. just some, uh, dirt roads and long. Uh, dresses. She's great. Aren't they amazing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, put that site on there. So uh, Yeah, we'll definitely put a link. Uh, and it tells a lot about her. I, I did really 
uh, a good many years ago, I wrote her, uh, I read her memoir, One Writer's Beginning. And I have a copy of it somewhere, but I didn't have time to go back over it. But, and she talks about her photography there. Mm. And so, um, Why I Live at the P.O. is a story of a family in the South, but it can happen anywhere. And um, I'm just going to let Beth read the first three or four paragraphs. Just to give you a taste give you of an her idea. writing. And it is available online. It's, it's in yes. the uh, public domain. Right. We both were able just to go right up on yeah, uh, Google yeah. and uh -huh. sat right down read it. Yeah. It, it was originally published in an uh, anthology called A Curtain of Dream. And I think that was in the 50s as well. So, yeah. All right. I was getting along fine with Mama, Papa, Daddy, and Uncle Rondo until my sister, Stella Rondo, just separated from her husband and came back home again. Mr. Whitaker. Of course, I went with Mr. Whitaker first when he first appeared here in China Grove, taking pose-yourself photos, and Stella Rondo broke us up, told him I was one-sided, bigger on one side than the other, which is a deliberate, calculated falsehood. I'm the same. Stella Rondo is exactly 12 months to the day younger than I am, and for that reason, she's spoiled. She's always had anything in the world she wanted, and then she'd throw it away. Papa Daddy gave her this gorgeous add-a-pearl necklace when she was eight years old, and she threw it away playing baseball when she was nine with only two pearls. So as soon as she got married and moved away from home, the first thing she did was separate from Mr. Whitaker. This photographer with the pop eyes she said she trusted came home from one of those towns up in Illinois and to our complete surprise brought this child of two. Mama said she liked to have made her drop dead for a second. Have you had this marvelous blonde child and never so much as wrote your mother a word about it, says Mama? I'm thoroughly ashamed of you. But of course she wasn't. Stella Rondo just calmly takes off this hat. I wish you could see it. She says, Why, Mama, surely T's adopted. I can prove it. How, says Mama, but all I say was, hmm, there I was, over the hot stove, trying to stretch two chickens over five people and a completely unexpected child into the bargain without one moment's notice. <laughs> so that's how it goes on through the rest. Yes. And it takes place on, on the 4th of July. Uh-huh, in a little town in China Grove. In a little town in China Grove. Georgia, I, right? You know, I didn't really uh, pick that up. I guess mm. it was Georgia. Mm -hmm. But um, definitely a southern thing, but it could happen anywhere. And the, the really funny thing that struck me, it wasn't photographers in our area, but charismatic preachers oh. coming into a community uh -huh. like this somewhat isolated yeah. could cut a broad swath with the women with the women yeah and in um fair and tender ladies and mm -hmm. the lee smith wrote it was the bee man it was the bee man who yeah, came in who came mm -hmm. in and so i i picture this fellow you know with it doesn't sound like he was particularly handsome. Popeyes. Yeah, but he was different. That's right. <laughs> it was just, it were the traders or the, the Chautauquas yeah. or the carnivals or yeah. the gypsies. Yeah, or Apparently he stayed a little while. Taking the photographs. Yeah, well, who knows? It might have been a month. Yeah. You know, it was long enough for sister, as, yes. the, as I is called. Um, so, so for sister to develop a relationship and then for Stella Rondu to come right. and uh, sweep him off his feet. 
Yes, and as the rest of the story shows, she's very good. Stella Rondo is very good at causing problems yep. between people. Yeah, and it, it, it gets really hilarious. Which is how the dear woman ends up at the post Living office. at the post office. Yes. <laughs> packs her goodies and takes off. Yes, and loves it. Yeah, so, uh, but... Uh, Eudora Welty wrote some really good Southern things, but I think this is probably her most well-known. Mm -hmm. When I was thinking post office, this is the first thing that jumped uh -huh. in my head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was this that? And you have some quotes. Oh, I do. That, um, oh, Ms. she Welty. has some great quotes, but yeah. I was going to read two of them to yeah. you. Um, well, actually, I'll read one about the photography that I just put up with a photo that I took. Yeah, and, and uh, we'll probably put that up again. Sure, yeah. please feel free to share it. Yeah. She says, A good snapshot keeps a moment from running away. Absolutely. Isn't that cool? Yeah. What a way with words. Yeah. All right. We are the breakers of our own hearts. That's a good one. That is one to ponder. I yep. may very well use that quote. Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if it takes a long time getting there. The point is to have a destination. Oh, I got to read this next one okay. too. Because it's also about traveling in that right. way. The excursion is the same when you go looking for your sorrow. As when you go looking for your joy. Oh, that's a good one. Isn't that a good one? That's a really good one. I mean, she has 100, 142 oh, yeah. or something. Well, she, she oh, was... never think you've seen the last of anything. Oh. <laughs> so, isn't that the truth? That's a good one. Man, yeah. you think you, you tie up all the loose ends and it comes back it comes, to bite you. It comes back to bite you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Eudora yeah, Welty was definitely a voice for mm -hmm. the Southern woman. Yes. Yeah, of the early early twentieth, early to mid 20th century. It's funny. I was with riding with Sarah Dalton, mm -hmm. uh, one of our good friends up yeah. here. And we were down at Great Conversations on Tuesday. Yeah. And we had read a Flannery O'Connor story, mm -hmm. another Southern woman writer. Yeah. But she's so dark. Forgive yeah. me. Yeah, but totally she's different. Totally very, different very viewpoint. dark. Yeah. And so we were, just Sarah and I were comparing Eudora Welty right. with oh, yeah. Flannery O'Connor. And it's like, oh yeah, they're both that same era, same voice mm -hmm. in a way, but such two different people. Yeah, just to see the world in two different ways like mm -hmm. that, that is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. sort of like the way people are seeing this world right now of, of politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You two people seeing the very same thing, totally different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I guess partly it's background. Because mm -hmm. uh, I remember a conversation we had about uh, a friend of mine and I had about James Baldwin and um, Langston Hughes. Oh yeah. You know, I don't think they were exactly the same time periods, but they had two different ways of looking at mm -hmm. the world. I mean, mm -hmm. they were both dealing with the same issues of prejudice and how hard it is for a black man in the world, and but they had totally different ways of looking at it. Yes. Well, and do you know, I read an article, and I do need to dig this back up, about how you are born with either a conservative or liberal gene. Really? For lack of a better word. And I really need to dig that article up. That's because it fascinated me that people perhaps have this pre- disposition huh. towards thinking a certain way. Right. And in a way, I understand that it could well, be that. that. could make sense. It could yeah. make sense. So yeah. I'm going to do some digging on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting subject. Yeah. Because yeah, we are the product of our, we are the product of our past and our genes. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's not always just growing up because yeah. you just look in your own family. I mean, oh, my yeah. family were, my <laughs> parents were a totally different political right. persuasion than I am. Yeah. And my son is from me. Yeah. Yet we were all 
a yeah, very exactly. happy, loving, sure. same, yep. same things, but very different. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. well, wonderful. Okay. Well, I guess we'll probably also wind it up. And our show notes can be found at quincepodcast.com. Uh, we're also on iTunes under Quince Podcast, or you can find us under Leslie Schuler or Beth Almond Ford. We have a Facebook page that I'm trying to make much more active. Um, there's something on it almost every day. Great job, Leslie. Yeah, and uh, there's also something on the, uh, the um, website most every day. But you can always find the current episode in the right-hand column. Thank you. Yeah, so that you, because it kind of gets lost sometimes. And uh, so we will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.